2: It happens every night
3: Every
2: yeah, night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine
3: Nope Never
2: Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No
3: Right to the hook right here.
2: Just a white line of tipsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep the
3: low budget live, the not so live variety from the low budget live barn grill here in Middle Tennessee, southern middle to be exact mundo on the nose. And this is the podcast for Tuesday, September the 6th. 2022 we done rolling into another month I, I predicted it I predicted it last week that we were going to roll into another month and some of y'all don't listen to me and now you woke up in September now you woke up and here we go hopefully you uh you had a good Labor Day weekend that's why the podcast is rolling in to you on a Tuesday instead of a Monday this week I was uh I was up in Appleton Wisconsin milwaukee wisconsin this weekend was uh in studio for mpfl of course in appleton and then uh, down flew into milwaukee and out of milwaukee this time so i've been up there got home sunday yeah it's it's i'm recording this on monday sunday morning i left out up there at five in the morning that's a that's that's a it is a terrible time on a Sunday morning to to deal with TSA agents. And no no disrespect to any of y'all TSA agents out there. I got a big TSA following here on Low Budget Live. But just 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 grumpy, just grumpy. Everybody I dealt with yesterday morning, trying to get back home. But it was uh, it was well worth the five a.m. flight. Fat cat and I after the MPFL concluded there. Up in uh, our our job in the studio was done. We we rolled down to Milwaukee. Decided to uh, we we saw that a band that I I got I have to take full credit for turning him on to Forty Nine Winchester. So many of y'all out there reached out to me about that band. They they played with my my boys there, the them Troubadour boys at the Ryman, and they were playing a little club in Milwaukee Saturday night. So the big cat and myself got to uh, got to go check them out. It's a good dang time, man. So, uh, celebrating 11 events, 11 events in the bag that we've done uh, broadcast for for NPFL is crazy to even think about. And one more to go, one more to go, and this season will be a wrap. But, uh, got to, got to definitely enjoy some, uh, some bro time with the big cat up there and, and then get my butt home. But hopefully, you had a great Labor Day weekend. Hopefully, you got to, uh, to go dove hunting. I see so many people on social media doing that, which is just an excuse to have a cookout and drink some beer, I feel like, with firearms around, you know, in the South. I I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if that's how they promote it, but I haven't been in many years dove hunting, and I, I enjoy it very much. Any of y'all out there, shame on you for not inviting me. I just don't ever, uh, I don't ever have a, a good one to go to, but it's, it's a good time. My boys have actually never been dove hunting. That makes me a terrible father, I think, since they like the outdoors so much. But it's a good time. So hopefully you got to do a little bit of that. You watch some college football. Go Vols. Even though we beat Ball State, wherever they're at, Indiana, I think. Ball State, the Vols rolled. It was a good time. And hopefully your team of choice won their first game of the season it's good to have all that back I love the fall I talk about this every year I think but changing the seasons you get that uh get fishing is starting to get you know this is where it gets a little hinky and this like kind of transition time but then we're headed into what can be a lot of fun in a lot of places of the country as the water temperatures start dropping and then you get the uh get the hunting season starting too so I talked about that last week Good time. So, hope you had a, uh, a good long weekend away from your job that probably drives you crazy like most of them drive us crazy, and, uh, and you got a good break. So, it was definitely, uh, it was a good one for me, and uh, really enjoyed getting to be in studio again up there in Wisconsin. Really love that area, man. Just, just uh, really, really good people in that part of the country. Really good people. So, Thanks to them for always being so kind to me. In fact, Kat, every time we walk in a quick trip up there, like, you guys are from here. Mm-mm. We're not. We're not. Uh, we really enjoy it up there. All right. Going to say a quick thank you to these sponsors to make everything possible here on low-budget live, starting with StarTron, kicking ethanol in the teeth. There's never been a more important time to use this. You know they're letting that ethanol creep into every gas station, every gas pump. If you're hitting that 87 up, you're getting some ethanol. Tells you right there on the pump. It will trash your outboard engine. It can trash your lawnmower, trash your weed eater, trash your chainsaw. You may want it to trash those, but you definitely don't want it to trash that outboard. So a little dab will do you. Drop some Startron in your tank. Enzyme fuel treatment gonna kick ethanol in the teeth, keep you up and running. Nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run. And if you got, you know, it's that time you're getting that side by side back out. You when you store your boat because you're fixing to go hunting for the next few months, you better store it with some StarTron in the tank just to keep that ethanol from setting up and just gumming up the works. We appreciate the folks at StarTron for bringing you LBL. ProGuide batteries, running them ProGuide lithiums in that new express on the trolling motor side of business, and then I'm running that 31 AGM. Same setup I ran last year absolutely been flawless and I saw actually Matt Looney one of our MPFL anglers had his extension cord stolen going into the final day showdown Saturday up there and, and Matt works with ProGuide runs Pro Guide batteries and he said been out there pounding in the waves all day. Didn't get to charge his battery. wasn't when he discovered this. He wasn't gonna go buy a new extension cord. Ran them on day three without charging them in, in the wind and the waves, and they then they performed for him flawlessly. I love stories like that, and I've been in that situation. I camped last summer up there fishing Lake Michigan on that little camping detour I took for a couple of days for myself last fall, and I didn't. I, I had a campsite without power, so I didn't charge my batteries for a couple of days, and got out there. Using the Anchor Lock on on my Garmin Force, out in the big wind, big water, and never had a menace issue. Never had them. Actually, did not charge the batteries till I got back home, which is I wouldn't suggest that all the time. But they were good to go. Uh, you can get your own Pro Guide batteries. Use code LBL10 ProGuideBatteries.com. They got chargers. I'm telling you, everything from A to Z batteries get over there. ProGuideBatteries.com. We appreciate those folks. Bait works.com bait workscom dot com. You can use code Duncan dash ten to let them know you're a low lifer. And I'm telling you, if you're in, I, I, I'm two smallmouth tournaments in a row commentating, and of course, a lot of y'all that live in different parts of the country are like boo smallmouth tournaments. I see the comments, but if you don't own Berkeley flatworms at this point, it, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous what those things do. And I know there are a lot of other smallmouth baits out there and a lot of people that are infusing scent, whether it be Strike King or Net Bait with their bait fuel.
2: That, the the Scent
3: stuff still dominating those smallmouth events. It's crazy. I think out of everybody we had way up there in the leaderboard this week, and they crushed bigs, it was all just them little purple packs just laying everywhere, man. And I know Baitworks has got them in stock. Get over there, use that code Duncan 10 to get you some. They've got a lot of other things depending on where you're out in the country. Fall transition, like I'm talking about, that top water's fixing to come into play. They got some really cool mega bass topwaters and every shape, size, and color from a lot of different brands. Baitworks.com. And last but not least, hang the banner the Bassmaster Classic winning aluminum high performance bass boat, that X21 Pro. Now is what we're getting to deal with Here in the world of the traveling circus Finally got that thing on the water this week Before I got to uh, Got up there to Wisconsin in studio And I am so impressed with the layout On this boat The hull's the same They added 10 more gallons of gas And a little different Uh, configuration on the back deck and the front deck. I'm going to do a walkthrough video soon, as soon as I get five minutes to do it. But amazing setup. Really, really like it. I think you guys are going to like it too. The new LE. Got the C deck still. Everything's the same hole-wise, but I've I've only gotten it out twice now. Really impressed with it and cannot wait to get the Garmins rigged up and ready to roll. That way uh, we can really start getting back into making some content and fishing lord have mercy i've been missing it Uh, i was out of a boat the biggest part of the summer selling mine and and uh having some stuff done in my old boat having some refurb work done so i've been been out of the game boys and girls so i'm ready to get back in it but express boats that x21 go check one out if you take a ride in one you will be mind blown great folks there in hot springs arkansas building excitement since 1966 all right here we go here we go. Always actually like this is where the show starts. And I guess for those of you that fast forward through all my bull crap, talking about my life and, and sponsors that make this all possible, this may be where the show starts. But wanna say, start the show by saying huge congratulations to Brandon Polinick on an AOY win. That was I called, you know, I recorded early before that event really got cranked up and I almost called it too early because he he had I mean, Brandon Lester and Chris Johnson absolutely fished their tails off this year as well. Lester never missed a cut. And BP almost, oh, he stubbed his toe. But then he came back in, in Pollinic fashion, slammed the door. It was very, very dramatic and cool to see. I like seeing that Angler of the Year race tight going into that last event. Normally, it's a blowout when, when a guy's having a special year to win it. It does seem like when they get to the final event, meh. Same thing going on in MPFL right now in the Progressive Angler of the Year race between Gary Atkins and Timmy Reins. It's going to be, it's going to be doable for for two or three guys. Taylor Watkins in the mix there, and I love that we got one event to go, and it really makes for some dramatic business on the water for these guys. And every fish definitely matters coming down the pipe. But Polinick was able to shut the door. Jay Shakurit was able to win Rookie of the Year. We had Jay on here. He's a fine young man that uh, certainly knows his way around the bass fishing. Attorney, and I think it's uh, if you're competing against that dude, you better uh, you you better be worried <laughs> because I think I mean he got a win, he got rookie of the year in his first you know first year makes a classic. I yeah yeah the kid uh, the kid's for real. Um, it was very cool to see him close that deal out. And congrats to Brian Schmidt on winning that event. He is without a question the River King. In this country If it's got grass in it And it's a river You better watch that dude And even not We've seen him win in Florida On on lakes that, that aren't necessarily rivers But man, Potomac River That Mississippi River he whew, Even the Tennessee River, man The dude is an automatic top ten If it's got grass And it's got some current You just better watch Brian Schmidt Good dude, too Took home uh, It's his second elite title there So congrats to him Of course, Bassmaster released Their schedule this week and uh, cool schedule Really cool schedule With the exception of like the Sabine River In June Which will be a neat event to keep up with uh, But those usual Those schedule What I'm calling those schedule Those schedule are out They're out Them them schedule haters I, lo- I love I love And, and being involved in the NPFL Has made me love it even more But I love when people release schedules Just to read the comments <laughs> Like it's something I do Sitting in the airport Sitting in the hotel board. I love reading people like, why are you not coming to the West Coast? Because gas is $9 a gallon, dummy. Dummy, stop it. And every time they have tournaments out there, like if they have a tournament trail out there, a lot of dudes don't show up. But but right now, right now, you can't go out West. You can't ask these guys to go back to back out West. And I know you're going to say, well, there's three or four guys from the West Coast, five, ten guys that fish. I, I get it, I get it, and I and I just really appreciate those dudes and respect them. But I, I think it's it's would be crazy for Bassmasters or any tournament trail. We get the same in MPFL. I know BPT gets it for their core base of their customers because that's essentially what they are. Because they're paying to fish, even if they qualify, to ask all those guys to drive cross cross country with with. Just things the way they are cost-wise right now is nuts. So it's a really good schedule, some back-to-back events in there to kind of ease the blow. Some of the areas they're going to, I, I, I liked it. Those last three are going to be a dang good time, Smalley events. And uh, it's a good schedule, man. There are going to be some big bags. I mean big bags come in and some of those events. Going back to Okeechobee in February, Lake Seminole, some old-school Kind of places, and you get and look, you get those. The naysayers are like,
2: "Oh, same schedule every year, same schedule
3: every year." Oh, everybody's schedule. but there's just so much that goes into it that most people don't know. I've talked that to death on here, but I just think it's funny. I got to call them out. The schedule <laughs> is here. They always come coming, coming out. They're like, "This
2: schedule that has nothing to do with me whatsoever." bothers me.
3: <laughs> always makes me laugh. Always makes my but I think I think it's a good schedule. I think uh, and and MPFL had already released their schedule, and we only had one overlap with the elites, which is really cool. We got fortunate there. So hopefully, guys like Patrick Walters and Jason Williamson can can double dip again next year and come fish with us. We've enjoyed having those guys for sure. Uh, I'm going to touch on this briefly. Pro circuit rumors flying around that there could be big changes next year. MLF's going to make some changes potentially keep hearing that I've heard a lot of different scenarios i'm not gonna bore you with the details because you never know people change their mind over there like they change underwear sometimes so we uh we will see but if some of the rumors that i have heard do end up this is very like uh like a tease i guess but if some of the rumors the, the way it could play out and it's some of the stuff i heard in the beginning when they when they bought flw but if some of them were to play out like some guys that fish over there are hearing It's going to be interesting To say the very least But uh, not surprising But very interesting To say the least Alright, MPFL Wow Wow That's all I can say Is wow i text our guest right now Sorry I had a, uh, I know I know nobody that listens to this show or watches this show uh, believes this, but I had technical difficulties when I got up here to the bar and grill this morning, and I'm running a little behind from when I told our guests we were going to get with him. But MPFL, all I can say is wow. It was my favorite event to cover yet out of 11. We've had some fun ones. We've had some doozies, but I think this one, just from the record-breaking status, over 1,400 pounds of bass the first day brought in by 109 guys. 95 percent of that being big smallies 17 pounds was down to 36 37th place the first day we had scott siller the eventual winner weighed 26 something 26 one all brown ones we had several several i forget the the grand total was like around 20 something or 20 i believe it was like 25 bags over 20 all smallmouth crazy crazy event now this area kind of gets a bad rap weight-wise. I feel like that last FLW Super Duper tournament up there that uh, Justin Lucas won, there were big weights. But it was it was kind of – it was tough. It was tough. And I had heard through the grapevine that this fishery was getting better. And this time of year in that transition, we didn't see numbers. Like, we didn't see guys other than Blake Phillips, who ran over to the Detroit River. He caught a lot of fish on camera. The other guys just – 6, 8, 10, maybe a dozen bites max for some of the guys. A lot of that has to do with live scope, but just big ones. When they were leaning on one, damn, they were big. We had Taylor Watkins caught one over six on live on Showdown Saturday. It was It was definitely one of my favorite events that I've ever got to be a part of with MPFL just record-breaking uh, and, and crazy to even think though Siller sets the, the day one single weight record with 26 pounds which I know doesn't sound like you see the 30s and the 35s and the 45s over at Bass but in our two-year period you know with where we have failed timing wise on some of these lakes Keith Carson had weighed a 25 pound bag was the biggest bag we've seen up to this point So to catch 26-1 And that be the record Stringer And it be all smallmouth Pretty freaking cool For Scott Siller The thriller And he did not Break the three-day Record He almost did uh, I think he, he ended up In that 65-pound range But Keith Carson Had already set that 67-10 Down at Wright-Patman Last year uh, in his impressive Performance down there And uh, on the Texas-Arkansas Border At our Second event of our inaugural season there, but Siller got close with all Brownies and and just fished this crazy event, crazy event with with technical difficulties. Day one saw our first and second place guys, Scott Siller and Brandon Perkins, both break down and have to send their fish back with another competitor. Like I don't think I can remember that happening in a in a pro event. Maybe ever, I I don't know That one and two both had to send their fish in with somebody else Crazy, crazy But they were both able to get back out there Perkins fished a great event Unfortunately fell off a little bit day two Just was plagued with small fish He got a lot of bites when we were covering him on that second day there But appreciate everybody that tuned in It was, uh, we had some technical difficulties Um, Just things beyond our control there Fat Cat and I in studio But had a good time and uh, just appreciate everybody watching, being patient with us as we learn our way through, you know, this live coverage thing, 11 events in. You always seem to get thrown curveballs. That was some of the advice I got from Mark Zona when I started this. He's like, just know it's live, and whatever can go wrong will go wrong <laughs> at times. And and that's certainly uh, the case every now and then. But otherwise, a uh, 90% of it was, was smooth sailing there. And look forward to closing out the year. The Angler of the Year race, for those of you that keep up with us, you know, Gary Atkins, who damn near won this one and, and won back-to-back. He was the winner of stop four there. He's a smallmouth expert, to say the very least, about Mr. Atkins. And he finished a second here. He was able to overtake Timmy Rings in that Progressive Angler of the Year race. Not by a lot, but it's going to be tight going into that final event. And those northern swings do tend to mix up. The standings and that progressive AOI, the top 10 going in that final event is going to look a lot different. We had some guys that have just been on a roll all year fall off, you know, four or five guys in the top 10 really had bad events at Sandusky. So it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a fun one to call down there in Florida. It's going to be a fun one to watch, but we're two months out from that. We're going to talk more about it as we get closer, but thank you again. Uh, and quick shout-out, this was a cool story from the week. Justin Kimmel, Trent Palmer, and Patrick Walters, that trio runs around together out there, rooms together. They all came out of there with a the top ten. Justin Kimmel, professional fish head with his Smalley stash. Trent Palmer was super confident going into that event, and he he proved why with another top 10. He barely missed winning our event there at Saginaw Bay, the Sonar Pro's Guru himself, and uh, just good people. Patrick Walters, of course, he rolled up there basically no practice at all because he came straight from lacrosse. That event, you know, ended into practice there, and uh, I think he fished Sunday in lacrosse, top 10 AOI, on the elites, dude's on fire right now. So uh, shout out to all those guys, Sheldon Collings, another top ten with the MPFL. Can't say enough about Sheldon. That dude is—he's a wizard. He is a wizard out there, and uh, and he's going to get him one of those shields. He's going to—he's going to win him a big one. It wouldn't surprise me if it's at Toho, but uh, Sheldon's due, man. He's actually overdue to be a young man. Like he is, but a lot of fun Appreciate the uh, kind words Had a lot of people send messages It was it was a good time We are going to, right now We're going to get our guest on the phone He is the champion from stop number five There on the National Professional Fishing League And he won it in, I, I would like to say A dominating fashion Because of his 26 pound day But man, he had some hired guns Running him down that last day, but was able to pull it off. It was a very interesting, interesting final day weigh-in with a lot of things that happened. We're going to get with him on that. He is a he's got an interesting story in life. Looking forward to talk to him. Let's get let's get caught up on the sauce. Thanks to the W sauce right here with our man champion, Florida by way of Wyoming and Wisconsin's Scott Siller. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. The thriller is awake. Are you uh have you celebrated? Because when you win a big event and you win 50k and you get that big shield and it happens to be on Labor Day weekend, surely there were some celebrations in order, right? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta think well, that crew you run with. Come on. Man,
1: you know what? I guess kind of sort of, but you know, I was running on like three hours of sleep Fumes. one with, with the boat and everything. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if a celebrations actually happened yet. Okay. <laughs> and if it did, and if it did, I don't remember it.
3: <laughs> You're saying they may have celebrated without you, but you might have slept through it. That's how the celebrations go in my life. I feel like right. these days. Uh, well, dude, I, again, I know, I know, we've texted back and forth, and and I talked to you during the event, but I just wanted to start by saying congratulations. It was I, I set all this up doing an MPFL recap about what an impressive event it was. You weren't able to eclipse the three day weight record. You missed it by by just just a little bit with all smallmouth. Keith Carson had 67 10 down at Wright Patman last year. But dude, to come in with 65 pounds plus of smallmouth, drop 26 pounds on day one and overcome the adversity. And I want to get to that adversity, I mean you gotta be you got to be feeling good this morning.
1: Oh definitely grateful for sure. Yes.
3: But because listen, you're you are uh, we we enjoyed we covered you at the Harris Chain last year, but this is our first like back to back two days we got to spend in the boat with you, and you you seem like and I, I know it's from your former profession, you seem cool, calm and collected, but dude, you had some chaos, <laughs> you had some chaos. I mean, day one you catch the, is that the biggest stringer or smallmouth you've ever caught? I mean, I gotta think not a lot of people can say they've snatched up twenty six pounds.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's that's my biggest bag.
3: And sure. you and you fish smallmouth a, a ton. I mean, when you that's that's one of your specialties. You you seem to love it and you know a lot about it. But to catch twenty six pounds and then you tell me on the night of day one we're talking, you're like, yeah. And then I decide to I'm going to go in early, take care of my fish. No big deal. I got I got my job taken care of. I'm going to go get these bad boys back to Big Al McCullough. And then you hear a knocking in your engine, and so you have to call who to get come get you
1: uh so i i called dustin williamson uh we traveled together and i knew he was um well one of the areas he was fishing was around kelly's and i was like i don't know five miles north of kelly's on my way in so i was kind of hoping that a he would answer because <laughs> know, know i yeah, I mean, would you answer your phone if you're in the middle of a
3: tournament? <laughs> you never know. I mean, you, I, uh, yeah, you, you know, I mean, or you gotta pray that he's got service, right? Because we had sketchy service.
1: Well, that was the other thing. Yeah, a was he going to answer, and two, would he have, uh, would he have service? I really didn't have very many options, but yeah, so I did. I called him, and I was, and the, and he told me he said the only reason he answered is because he had just turned his music on, and when you know when somebody calls, the music shuts off, so he knows somebody's calling. Oh wow, so, wow.
3: Yeah.
2: But
1: anyways, yeah, so he, he, he answered and uh, came to the rescue, so I think he said he was about, I think he was like 8 or 10 miles away, and he was having motor issues. Oh, um, wow, yeah, I didn't know that part. Yeah, his trim bolt had come out, so he could only go,
3: I think he said like 35 miles an hour. <laughs> and
2: Whoa.
3: Yeah, so... So he gets that 26-pound bag back to the weigh and You actually end up FaceTiming them. <laughs> when you, you set the day That's one true. record. I mean, nobody's ever weighed 26 pounds in the league in 11 events. You've got the day one record with all smallmouth, and you have to FaceTime. And at that moment when you and Big Al are FaceTiming, you still don't know if you can go fishing on day two yet, Right. <laughs>
1: No, I didn't. Yep. Unbelievable.
3: <laughs> and unfortunately, we don't have service crews other than Power uh, PowerPole and, and thanks to them for showing up. But we do have a designated dealership at every event that's really helped us out this year, a service center, and Clemens Boats, they were able to help you. And, I, and dude, if you could just tell – you told it on live, and we tried to reiterate it a lot, but just for the listeners – that it was an incredible story so so walk them through you you're on cloud nine from what you call it but you're super stressed because you don't know about day two with your mechanical issues and it ended up being just a an issue with the lower unit but talk us through how that night went
1: uh so when dustin carried my fish in i had a two uh two hour and about two and a half hour idle in and Mm -hmm. by the time i got in it was going to be five thirty and i'm I wasn't sure how that whole dealership thing would work at five 30, but mm-hmm. I called um, Sean or Brad Fuller gave me the number and I called and spoke to, uh, well, I called the owner and he, he texted me back and told me to call Lauren at the dealership. I did. She said that the mechanic had to go to a funeral, but that he would be back at seven to look into my boat, which worked out nice. So I got to the dealership, I think around six, six fifteen, and, Yeah, he got there. And so he was at a funeral. He's a young Ben was his name. He's a young kid. And he, you know, was kind of curious about the funeral part. And like I said, on stage, I was kind of hoping it was like a distant relative that died. Right. And, you know, you hate to ask, but I asked him and he's like, oh, it was my grandma. And I thought, Uh. oh, man, you know, and that I felt horrible for him. But Anyways, yeah, it did. He, he, I think he started working on it about 8 o'clock, and it was about 11 o'clock, and he still wasn't sure what was wrong with it. We had to back it into the water, and he's giving it gas, and he says it's out of the lower unit. Well, he ended up calling Jason, the owner, and Jason said, because um, so they didn't have any lower units, and he said, Jason said, we'll take the lower unit off of my Ranger and put it on his boat and just tell him to bring it back on, on Sunday. So, yeah, pretty incredible. Unbelievable.
3: Pretty so you, you ended up <laughs> – Getting to go back out, you catch almost 21 on the second day. And, look, we, we saw you. Of course, we can see all six cameras, you know, not just what's being broadcast. And, dude, you're just – you caught as many as, as anybody we covered in the two days because I, that's what I was saying, setting this up. Sandusky's great, but for numbers of bites, for most of the guys we covered, it wasn't great. They were just big ones when you got bit. You were the exception to that rule, especially on day two. Dude, every time we looked up, you had another one hooked up, and it was a big one. And you actually decided, and I thought it was a smart play, to kind of take a break. And you were talking early in the day, hey, man, I've got 20 pounds. I'm going to go in early. And and we saw you. We lost service with you for a little bit. And We actually thought you had started your run back. And then you popped up and you were sitting down graphing. And then you got back up and fished. What caused you to not throw in the towel that day and get back up and start fishing with 20 pounds in the box?
1: <clears throat> well, as I thought about it, I, I – I, I knew I had, you know, with that big cushion after day one, I, I, I figured, okay, I'm good. But then it just kind of creeped into my brain that if I could get 26 pounds, I know Gary Atkins can get 26 pounds. Yes. And I know Brandon Perkins and, you know, I, I, I kind of thought, well, I hate to sit here and take a four hour break and lose by a half a pound at the end. So that's kind of what got into my head is just, just maybe get lucky and get another fight. Cause it was going to be hard to call up.
3: No doubt. No doubt, but, yeah. With smallmouth, to get over that twenty pound mark, that's what's so amazing about the twenty twos and twenty threes that we saw come in twenty fours, twenty six. It takes a lot to get over that twenty pound hump with smallies. It just does, man. You got to have some some meat in there, like you did the first day. Uh, we well, ended up with almost twenty one, and then you talked a little bit about. You said you had a, a Bassmaster Open there at Lake Champlain that you had a chance to win several years ago, and you and you talked about going into showdown Saturday that you didn't sleep a lot because of that coming back. You were just kind of thinking about that even with the lead. Cause you had a little over five pound lead going into that final day.
1: Right. But after everything that, so even on day two, when I was coming back in, uh, I don't know. If, I don't think anybody knew this part. Um, we're, we're On day one, when I was coming in, where my boat started acting up, it was just past this little Bird Island thing. And it's not called Bird Island. I don't know what the island's called, but a real tiny little island. I had just passed over it when the motor went out on me on day one. And so on day two, I, I told Scott, my cameraman, as we were coming in, I said, I'm calling this the Bermuda Triangle straight ahead. That's where I have a <laughs> And so we're, we're just as honest to God. I, I just got into the Bermuda Triangle and the boat started porpoising a little bit. And I looked back and the engine was trimming up on its own. What?
2: What?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, I come off plane. I turn it off and it trims all the way up to the very top as far as it can go. I don't think I've ever trimmed it up that high. But anyways, I'm sitting there and I, it wouldn't go down. So I turned the power off and turned everything back on. It trimmed down, so I started it up, and I started running. It started trimming up again right away, so I just held my finger on the down button and drove all the way in like that. Oof. If I took my finger off it, it would trim up, so I just drove, I don't know how many miles. It was pretty far with me, <laughs> and I am concerned that it was going to burn up. Yeah. Something, something not good's going to happen, but I got in, and then as soon as I got to the dock and tied up, of course, it trimmed up all the way and and i'm sitting there looking at it and then i and then it dawned on me i'm like dang i never turned my recirculators back on when i shut everything off way out in the lake and i thought this ain't going to be good i opened the live wells now luckily i had just before i made the run in i had put a pretty good amount of ice on the fish and some g juice yeah so they were healthy when i got in maybe the wave action kind of helped aerate the water a little bit i'm not sure but in any case they were okay but that's so that was kind of stuff that was crossing my mind yeah going going into the third day it's like man i've had like two pretty big hiccups on day 1 and 2 and it's like i'm not sure who's on my side here <laughs> you know <laughs> so if it's going to happen to anybody on day 3 it's going to happen to me is kind of what i was thinking going yeah. into the day I'm super like nervous about the whole thing well, you, and trust me, I had my hiccups on day three. <laughs> I,
3: I, oh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, it was very strange because I just uh, – if you've gone back and watched any of the live coverage, at the end of day two, I basically said, all right, boys, it's a ball game. I mean, we've got a job to do, right? So we want to build the drama, but I'm thinking Scott's got this this 26-pound bag and then he backs it up because we – estimated you know based off of what we're seeing you catch and what you had said that you were going to have over 20 i actually figured you were going to come in with like 22 that second day to be honest just because i mean you dude you're smashing and so i'm going all right even if gary and gary's the man obviously and and i'm like you know the potential's out there for that 25 plus pound bag but i'm like scott this area you were in just looked magical now i kept telling fat cat off camera because he's like Dude, I'm telling you, anything can happen. He could have a breakdown. He could do this. He could do that. And I kept saying, listen, the fact that he has survived these breakdowns, the fact that he weighed 26 pounds, like, and he's in this area basically by himself, I kept saying, it's over. (laughs) I just kept saying that because it just felt like you were having that magical event. And then on day three, all of a sudden, it's like sheep's head, sheep's head, sheep's head, sheep's head. Every time we look up, you're unhooking. and And I We'd go to commercial, and I'm like, man, those things haven't been there. He hasn't been catching those like that the last couple days, or, or, or it didn't seem to us, right? Maybe you – I'm sure you'd been catching a few, but that last day you were just plagued with those things, man. They were everywhere.
1: Yeah, after after the live feed cut off, I kind of figured that sheep's head deal out. Okay. And I ended up catching um, six or seven smallmouth and not another sheep's head. Okay. But they were – they were, yeah, they were hunkered down in an area where the bass had been, the bass had been sitting on the edges of these rock piles day one and two, day three, the sheep's head were hunkered down on the edges of the rock piles, basically where the bass had been sitting and the bass moved up on top. So, huh. and I had to increase the leader length just, you know, another six, seven inches. And that helped as well. No kidding. Cause you know, cause if you paid attention on day three, I was casting a lot yes. because of the wind Mm -hmm. and i was trying to drift that bait in front of the fish and and you know so and i if i touched the trolling motor or that boat slapped at all i felt like the fish kind of wouldn't bite or they'd spook off i saw them spook off a couple times so by dragging that bait as far as i was of course you know even with the leader length i had you know, the, the bait's going to be closer to the bottom. And I Mm -hmm. think that was part of the reason why I was getting a lot of those sheep's head bites that I hadn't gotten on day one and two.
3: Well, you said that you on stage, we were watching the weigh in. You said that you didn't even feel like you could spot lock because they were spooking. You could see them on sonar actually moving. So you were, you were doing the typical old school, the way most people have always fished the great lakes, which is you pull up and I I talked about it on live. You kind of grid it out, right? You, you make a drift. If you get a bite, you mark it if you don't you move over another 25 yards on these big flats or shoals and that's certainly what you seem to be doing um that's right yep yeah and so you talked a little on live because that sandusky area it's had some big big events mostly Bassmaster Opens. you said you fished one there in what 2013
1: yes 2013
3: is this an area that you had fished then or was this an area that that you just grafted and found these fish because I, I was just blown away at the fact that there weren't 10 of our competitors on it, to be honest, just because there were a lot of our leaders that were in that top 10 that we were covering. You could see boats in the background for almost everybody. And for you, I think you might've had one little run in, but other than that, it seemed like you were all alone.
1: I I never saw a boat on day one at all.
2: Wow.
3: Uh, John Murphy was
1: behind me when I was running to the spot. And I, I, I kind of looked back when I was, Maybe three miles from it, just to make sure that I, you know, because I'm like, I don't see anybody out there, and I should be good. And I looked back, and I saw a boat coming. I sped up a little bit, and then shut down pretty much on it, you know, the area. And then Sean Murphy went by and waved, and so I was concerned. After I'm thinking, well, only person knows where I was at (laughs) Murphy, but I never saw him again. So, and you don't um, want to wrestle Sean Murphy no, no. <laughs> uh, and plus his, boat, his boat was faster than mine so i didn't want to do and you know he's going to be out ahead of me the next day but anyways now nah, he never came back over which i thought was really really nice That's but awesome day two there were two two boats came in day two right away um they ran straight up there and but you know no, and nobody nobody infringed on my area for sure the problem my concern was is that once you know how it is on the great lakes you know you get two bass boats or i'm there two more bass boats yes. pool, and now everybody driving by is going to be like, if they're not on fishing, well, Hey, there's three boats here. Maybe yes. we'll just start fishing that flat, you know? And so that was my concern. And it never, never happened. It just, those same two boats kind of and the third boat came in for a minute, but no, it never became an issue at all, which was, I was grateful
2: for.
3: Well, you told, a you told another story on stage that Fat Cat and I were watching the, the weigh-in together and, and we were both looking at each other like, Oh my God, you had a culling error that you made on this final day. And yeah, that, yeah i mean and and buddy it would have been now you would have you would have slammed the door a lot more than than you did over gary gary catches this massive bag again you know taylor watkins catches a massive bag we saw taylor caught one over six on live just a crazy day for both of those guys and talk about talk about what you did and it was just like this one only slip up you really had in three days it was just a little mental slip but man it could have cost you
1: it it, it was man i'm telling you that was and that's again that day three jinx that i have and and i i really set it up perfect for myself to fail but (laughs) the first two fish i caught were small and when i say small i'm talking you know two and a half pounders Mm -hmm. and i remember the very first one i caught which was my starting spot the starting hump which was pretty special anyways i i put it in the live well and i was thinking to myself man i i don't even know if i should even put this in here but i did and then I moved off. It went to the next little rock pile and I caught a four. I put it in the same live well, the passenger live well. And, uh, and then the third fish I caught was like three and a half. I put it in the passenger live well. The fourth fish I caught was like a two and a half pounder. I put it in the driver's side live well, knowing I'm like, okay, I got, I'm, i know I'm gonna have to get rid of this one. So I fished for 20 minutes in the camera boat. Um, Travis was out there with, um, in that walleye boat and mm-hmm. they were taking pictures and, I'm sitting there fishing, thinking, man, why did I put that fish in the live well? So, cause if it dies, I'm going to end up having yeah. to keep it. And so I just went back and I pulled the, the last small one I had just caught out and I let it go. Mm-hmm. And the lady goes, the lady in the camera boat said, oh, do you have your limit? And I said, no, I said, I, I have three now that was four, but I, you know, I, I'm concerned if it, you know, dies. And she said uh boy you just jinxed yourself
2: <laughs> <laughs> thanks a, a lot lady <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: so, and then i went quite a while without another bite but i ended up so i ended up catching uh a couple three and a half pounders so that live well was empty the driver's side after i dr- left, let that fish go well i catched two three and a half pounders i put them in the driver's side live well So now in my head, I've got those two, three and a half pounders. And one of them was short and just super, super fat. And the other one was long and skinny. Um, I didn't, you know, I just held them up and I'm like, okay, they were ounce apart, whatever. I wasn't too concerned about it. But I ended up catching four or five more three and a half pounders that I looked, and I'm like, "Eh, I don't think it's going to help. And I'd let it go. And I might've swapped one out. And then, uh, and then I went through that sheep's head deal for a long time and, uh, once the live went off, uh, and I figured out how to catch the smallmouth again, I started catching a couple more three and a half pounders, and then I caught a big one that was probably I'm guessing over five, maybe pushing six. I was gonna wait for big bass at the end, but Kyle said, No, you already got big bass, you already want you know, it <laughs>
3: but, <laughs> greedy. Yeah, so,
1: <laughs> but, but, but in other words, it was a big one, so I yeah, one of the three and a half pounders back, and when I did that, it was probably like 345. And I told Scott, I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and ice these fish up and give them some G-juice and we're going to head in because I've got a pretty good bag. I'm over 20. So in which I I figured if I had, you know, 20 pounds, there's no way that Gary's going to beat me. Right. Which is still possible with Gary Atkins. But anyways, uh, I I go to put the G-juice in and I see this tail on the passenger side (laughs) that had some pinkish in it. And I'm like, oh, that ain't a good sign. So I reach in to see how the fish was looking and it wasn't looking very good. And it was two pounds. Oh no, this happened. So I told Scott, I said, man, we're not going in now. We're going to, I got to catch another fish. I got to catch one of those three and a halves real quick. And I had two rock piles that were pretty stacked up with them. And I fished for, I pushed it to the last minute and never got another fish. Oh no! So I'm running in and get there. And that fish, it was, it was alive. I mean, it was, it was, it was fine, but it wasn't great. And mm-hmm. so in the weigh-in line, uh, or in the check-in line, every time the boats would stop, I'd run back there and, you know, r- you know, push it back and forth and put it in the aerator and everything else. And it was, it was struggling, but anyways, yeah. So that hurt.
3: <laughs> and, and that cost you, I mean, you're talking, if it was a two and a half pounder, we'll throw a pound in there. You would have had over 20 easily and, and have, have 20, you know, 20 plus every single day of the event, uh. Amazing man, you would have been damn close to beating that Keith Carson three day deal for sure with that with all smallmouth, which would just be just be incredible. Uh, yeah. dude, so, something that I wanted to ask you about just as I love doing these podcasts with, with MPFL guys, just because every time somebody wins, I like getting people's stories out there. It's one of my favorite things about LBO and, and getting the opportunity to do this is getting to know more about people. And I and, and we've gotten to know a lot about your story you know through the the last couple years of the league and and covering you but i find it's just so unique man that you're born and raised in wyoming correct correct and then you end up in milwaukee wisconsin and now once you once you retired you're now in florida but kind of take me through that i mean uh that is not a normal journey i feel like for somebody that likes to fish professionally (laughs) that's a that's a wild ride man
1: yeah it um so when i went i grew up in wyoming and then i i uh, did a stint in the army and i was stationed out west in uh, san francisco and then uh when i got out of the army i knew i wanted to get into law enforcement and so i applied in wyoming and uh at the time i was married and and the current wife at that time was uh from milwaukee so i okay. applied in both cities i got hired in milwaukee and wow and then uh yeah. When I retired, I, I really wasn't a big fan of Milwaukee. I didn't like the weather at all. And, um,
3: Especially half so, the year,
1: right? <laughs> well, yeah, more than that. The sun never shined. It was, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I went to, uh, you know, when I was doing the opens, the bass opens back, you know, and like I started doing them in 13, but you know, 17, 18, 19, even 20, everywhere we went, I was always kind of like evaluating the cities. Like, is this a place I could retire? Cause I knew I was retiring in 2020, January, 2020. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, when we went to Florida in 2020, uh, Toho and Kissimmee, I, I practiced on Kissimmee and I stayed down by Camp Mac and, and I fell in love with it and I never left. I, I was supposed to go back to work for one day to retire. I called personnel and I said, hey, do I actually have to be back for that one day? And they said, well, no, nah, it's just a deal where you got to, you know, bring in food for your shift and whatever. And I'm like, all right, I'll order pizzas and have them delivered. But- <laughs> See you boys. Yeah, see you guys. Um, so, yeah, I never went back. I had a house up in Milwaukee for a year and a half that I was paying a mortgage on and, you know, gas and electric, and I never stepped foot in it. I just, I never went back. Wow. So, yeah, bought some land down there and bought a house last September down there. And so I'm going to build a couple Airbnbs on, and this $50,000 check helps. I'm going to build an Airbnb on one of my lots and just, yeah, it's I love it, man. It's paradise. We've got that veterans tournament coming up November yeah. 12th. And, uh, Al McCullough is going to be the MC. Um, DeSantis has it on his calendar. He's supposed to be there. And, uh, we got an F-16 flyover. It's going to be really a cool deal for the veterans. So hopefully out of camp Mac, correct? Out of camp Mac. Yep. We're going to call it Fort Mac that weekend. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have some, uh, military vehicles set up out there and super, super excited. I got a lot of friends from when I was in the service and buddies from Wyoming. Matter of fact, my childhood best friend growing up in Wyoming, lives in columbia south carolina i'm at his house now i got here last night and uh we're gonna hang out today and might go over to matt molahan's house for a grill out a little later careful uh,
3: careful yeah (laughs) get you hung over quick
1: (laughs) yeah but yeah so anyways uh the veterans tournament hopefully we can get a good turnout for that and jane waters the um general manager at camp mack this was all her idea and she asked me if i'd get involved to help out with it so i won't be fishing it but i'll definitely be trying to promote it and uh, running the uh fishing side of everything.
3: That that's good stuff. No so November 12th for all you Floridian low lifers that are listening November 12th out of Camp Mac which will be just uh you know a couple weeks after we're we're down there in that part of the world. Are you getting fired up about that one a little bit? I know you said on live you, this will be your second or you have spent two full falls down there. Uh, what are we going to see because there there's not a lot of history, big tournament pro tournament wise on the, you know, on those Florida lakes in the fall. What, what can we expect at that final event? Uh,
1: just to circle back real quick, one second um, on that veterans tournament for anybody that is listening. Um, it, it, It's it, only one veteran needs to be in the boat. So if there's somebody down in okay. Florida that, that has a bass boat or any boat for that matter and 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 would be willing to take out a veteran because we do have some veterans that are coming in from other states that we'd like to link up with a boat or so. Yeah. Any help. And Camp Max going to throw in a six month launch pass for free for whoever, you know, comes down and takes a vet out. So there's some incentives there, but anyway, That's I don't awesome. really know what to expect for October on, on uh, Tojo and Kissimmee. I, I don't recall. I, I've spent a lot of time out there, in the spring. And then of course, this past summer, I've been out there almost every day. I usually launch the boat about seven in the morning and get off the water about one. Um, but I don't know. I, I really don't know what, what the fish do in October. So um, I feel like I have a big advantage just because I understand the lake and the fish, but I don't know if they're going to be, you know, shallow or deep or offshore or inshore or what, I, I don't know, but we'll find out.
3: Yeah, if I did. I,
1: I'm not trying to sandbag or, secretive i just i honestly don't recall fishing out there last october and that would have been because the, the year before when in 2020 i wasn't i wasn't down there um i was doing the opens and i, I don't you. know if you remember but covid yes. uh, pushed everything back to like i think september we did from september to december we oh, did like busy. seven tournaments um, yeah,
3: yes, definitely so. busy. Um, no doubt about it. Well, well, we will do our best I, i'll I'll try to help all I can with that veterans event to get the word spread for that one, man. that's uh those those kind of events I've been involved in a couple of those around home. It's always uh it's always an honor to get to fish with those veterans, to say the very least, and it's a it's a special day on the water that you'll never forget. If you get to uh, be a part of something like that, so you guys uh, look into that November the twelfth there, and uh, and man, you get to meet Big Al McCullough. I mean, th- let's talk about that. You get, he's gonna he's gonna be down there emceeing and bringing the boom. So uh, definitely somewhere you want to be if you're in that area. Get you a veteran and uh, and you know bring your boat, take a veteran fishing. You will not regret doing that, Scott. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to do this and uh and man just congratulations it was it was a spectacular event and uh you put a damn exclamation point on it son thanks
1: luke i appreciate it hey one more thing i wanted to ask you yes sir Um, because since you guys are up in the studio you know scott whispered in my ear a couple times like hey luke and fat cat want to know are you going to fish anymore or they said one time hey They wanted to come over on live, but you were putting your life jacket on and moving. And so, what? How does that? Like, how did? I was thinking that the whole time. I'm like, man, why can't we have an earpiece so that we can all chat back and forth? Because that'd have been kind of fun.
3: Well, the the problem. So the the camera operators they hear everything that we run our mouth about for seven hours. Bless their hearts. Like whether we're talking about the guy they're covering or not, they hear. So they hear the whole show and they hear the director, uh, in studio. That is something I'm pushing for for next year. Uh, There's a couple different ways to do it, but the main reason is I I guess just on the on if if you hear you can't hear the broadcast obviously is the biggest thing and I don't think we have the capability of separating that out where we could just talk to you the way we have to do it is through a Skype call and uh and we've done that with Watson and Bradley Holman this year we've done a couple of those back and forth where we can interact directly with them but that that's just right now it's just kind of the way we have to do it through the camera operators and and uh, I got you. and we've gotten better about it to be honest sometimes we we forget we even have that ability to have that direct connection to that camera operator to be able to say, hey, ask ask Scott this. And there were a couple times we wanted to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you even when you were idling, like on that last day you had sat down to, to crank back up and, and move up and our director didn't go to you. We were talking about, it. I'm like, hey, just asking him. I just wanted, I love, it's just as important to me as a fan of the sport and, and then doing the commentating thing. I love to hear your thought process not only in regards to catching a smallmouth on a flatworm. You know what I mean? Like, I like to hear what you're thinking. Like, hey, and and there were a couple times you did that where you were like, man, I just don't think I got enough. And then we, telling the story, we're seeing Atkins. And Gary had, I think he had 19 when we went off live. He didn't have what he, – he, he was fixing to make a big run – and we had no clue when we were watching the weigh-in that he had that kind of weight. We had zero clue. Now, Taylor had caught all of his weight in front of us. So we knew he had a bag, but he was so much further back from you than Gary was. We we knew with what you had, Taylor probably wasn't going to win. Uh, I actually had friends of his texting me, does he have a chance? And I'm like, no. No. I don't think so, because of it. Well, because of day one. I mean, Taylor, dude, he would have been uh, he would have been in your hip pocket too, had it not been. He had four the first day for seventeen with a dead fish penalty, so he has four for eighteen, ends up weighing seventeen and jumps one off that he says is like four to five, so that puts yeah. him in that twenty. He still wouldn't have caught you, but it would have been. It would have been interesting. It would have been him, you know, you, him, and Gary, just like it was, but been a little tighter, I believe, because he was around some freaking big ones too, man. Just not a lot of bites, not as many bites as you, but but yeah, to, to to go back, that's that's what it is. We can't directly talk to you guys other than Skype, and we haven't tried that with an angler out of the eleven events just for fear of taking time up from you you know what yeah. i mean like just you know fumbling with a phone and trying to get the camera operator to get it all set up we just uh we haven't done that it is something that I dang sure wish we could do where you could hear us asking you questions and the other leagues have done it over the years and it's something we might add for next year for sure but dude you were yeah. great on camera i want to say that too i appreciate you breaking it down like and uh and and being so open and honest about everything well i was so
1: open i was swearing and that's what killed me i'm like Wait a minute. <laughs> i didn't know that I was gonna be on <clears throat> i kept telling you know Scott, Scott
3: yeah stay, on, stay Scott. on Scott
1: you gotta tell me man I, I, I can yeah. clean
2: it
3: up man yeah well here's the thing though this is what <laughs> I would like to say to say about that and I know I know you don't want that to necessarily get out on live and but that's real life, life. that's real life that's all of us that's real life and that's that's one of the ways Fat Cat and I always kind of handle it when it does happen is it's it's reality there's a lot on the line and uh, it's a pressure cooker kind of situation and you know we're all men that's that's things those things happen. Well uh, but well, I want
1: to apologize. I want to apologize to you and Fat Cat. So let Fat Cat know too yeah uh, I apologize if I made any, anybody uncomfortable in the studio by dropping any hey we make we here.
3: make jokes about it. We enjoy it. now it was funny you gave us a shout out that last day and fat cat said hey we can be buddies as long as you don't talk to me like you do those fish Scott <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was great. He just he was like uh he had to he had to throw that in there it was funny but no man you were you were great we appreciate everything you do and, and, uh, and being a part of the league, man, it's, you know, it's kind of all of us against the bass fishing world at this point still. So it's, it's, it's good to have good men.
1: I'm glad you you and Fat Cat are a part of the league, man. man. We legitimize what's going on out there. So I I
3: appreciate you. I appreciate that very much. And I I love being a part of it, man. I'm looking forward to uh, Florida and hopefully you're going to have another camera down there. Yeah, let's hope so. All right, Scott, be safe getting home, man. Thanks Luke. Thank you, man. Scott, the thriller, Siller. Scott is uh, go back and watch some of that footage, man. He was especially the day two stuff. He was uh, he was dialed. I mean dialed, and just uh, and I don't care what league it is. I, I know we're still the new kids on the block, um, so to speak. But damn, these guys catch them, and they can they can talk it, they can walk it, and it's very cool doing the live coverage. We get to see all of it, obviously, and Siller. He was one of the best champs we've had. No offense to any of the other guys, just as far as breaking down what he was doing and just a dominating, dominating performance, just dominating. So I uh, appreciate him spending time with us this morning. Thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in week in, week out. I appreciate you very much. Be sure to hug your mama. i will take you out with some Biloxi Blues this morning, which is a song by me. I, I still get messages about that. blows my mind just means we're getting new listeners all the time, but I, I did. I had a couple uh, Instagram messages about, hey, who sings that song at the first of the show? makes me very proud. It's an old song. Hopefully, we're going to get some new songs out to y'all this year at some point to uh, to play on this show and for you to ride around and you pick up truck and listen to. But this one's Biloxi Blues, and I'm going to see y'all next week. From
2: Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish moss the Civil War ghosts Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway, it does not know my name And I don't care, no, I don't care tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there